podcast where two friends recap romance novels while giggling and having occasional epiphanies. Listen, these opening lines might just be for me, but boy, do I sit there grinning when I write them. You might even understand it later on this episode. This is the last week you can get your hands on the Dangerous Tides books. When you back the Kickstarter, you get all six ebooks this month, and then you also have access to all the special editions. Plus, I don't know if you've seen the chalice shot glass we made, but I'm completely obsessed with it. You can check the Heaving Bosom socials. I can't believe that A, it's real, and B, I made it happen. It's nuts. In Patreon news, I've confirmed the next three Patreon author hangs, so you can look forward to spending time with Rebecca Weatherspoon in June, Maureen Linker in July, and Tracy Livesey in August. The night we just had with Sophie Jordan was a super comfy, wide-ranging conversation filled with tons of recommendations. And that audio will be going out to the Patreon podcast feed this week. Today, we've got the final part of The Bride by Julie Garwood. This is the part of the book in which the murderer is revealed and feelings are laid bare. I couldn't quite edit out all of the pooch shenanigans in the background, but I personally think that dogs generally add to the overall charm in any situation. Sabrina and I start this episode with some banter, so if you don't want to hear about my life stuff and two truly hilarious stories about Sabrina's aversion to heights, skip to around the 16-minute mark. All right, here we go. Okay. So this weekend, it was a big weekend. It was. You told me about that. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So listener, Sabrina and I originally recorded, I think on Thursday, Uh we were like, this book is only 17 chapters. It's uh, (laughs) historical. We're just going to like do it. We said to ourselves. And then we did get a third of the way through the book, as you might recall. And we were like, we'll finish it up on Friday. So then we did get (laughs) another third of the way through the book, maybe? I don't know. And then um, I was like, Sabrina, I would love to finish this like before I go to a polycon so I can like pre-edit and I'll be able to, you know, pre-schedule episodes. It'll be amazing. But I cannot because I have a giant weekend, including but not limited to my kid's birthday party at a trampoline park. And it was a success. It was a giant success. I was going to ask about that. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- and all the all the moms who because we've been to a, a party there before for a different kid and all the moms were like, so are you jumping today? <laughs> because I'm the person who like I fucking love a trampoline park, first of all, mm-hmm. like I cannot get enough of stuff like that. So every other parent just like stands on the side and like is responsible and like watches their kid and like maybe talks to other parents or whatever. And meanwhile, I just pay the 30 bucks or whatever it is to get my own jump socks. And I, I just play with the kids the whole time. And it's amazing. It's the best thing ever. So I'll tell you the one time I've been to a trampoline park. 
My siblings yeah. are way younger than me. My sister's 15 years younger. My brother's 19 years younger. And like four or five years ago, maybe, we I went home to visit family for a week. I was there for one week. The mm-hmm. first full day that we were there, the, my siblings really wanted to go to a trampoline park. And I, I was like, yeah, them. that sounds super fun. <laughs> so I went with them. And mm-hmm. I had a great time with them. Yeah. And then I could not move. Yep. For the next four days. They're like, let's yes. go do all these fun things together. And I was like, children, you have to understand <laughs> that not a single one of you is even in your double digits. And I yeah. am significantly more than my double digits. And I no longer work out regularly. And I am in <laughs> agony. They'd like grab my grab my shoulder and I'd be like, oh, God, this is how I die. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. But it's just like, it's so fun. And I don't know it. I think it makes it a little bit easier to like make sure all the kids are involved, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so I was like, no, I'm going to be responsible and like help run the party or whatever. But I, I was like, I told Michael that I am going to be bringing the kids back just one weekend for me and I'm going to jump my heart out then. And like, that's the price we're paying right now. For me to be responsible at this party, I will be bribed with other fun time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that's totally so, fair. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Thank like, you. Like, you deserve a weekend at the trampoline park, frankly. God, and, like, ours is fine. The one near us is fine, but it's, like, a little bit older and a little bit more run down. We went to a different one that's, like, an hour away, and it's got this, like, ball pit that's basically an American Ninja Warrior thing. And it is, I mean, that's I had how the, the one most I went with there. my siblings. I was like, oh my God, are we like, am, are we applying for America? I know. I know. Like they had like, they had the, the, the fighty things and like, yes. like the, the, like the, they the, had they the thing like, where you like jump across, like what they're uh-huh. slanted on the sides. Yeah. There were like, yeah. uh, there were, uh, it was absurd. Like there are some that were, you like bounced up onto it like it was a whole obstacle course and yeah like, i was getting owned by these children <laughs> all of these yes. children and i was like i don't even under they're climbing walls i was like are you even supposed to be climbing that wall is that a climbable <laughs> wall and turns out yes it was a climbable wall and then of course i'm actually yeah. afraid of heights specifically oh. heights that can hurt me if i'm gonna die okay. not a problem doesn't bother me <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't want the recovery time for if something goes wrong. Okay, so, yeah, I hear that. So like skydiving, okay. Bungee right. jumping, never in a million fucking years will I ever do that. Um I might do that, but it you was might. Like, it, maybe. I won't say in a million years, but yeah. but like I spent or like walking on like tall walls. Nope, I don't like that because if I fall and break my arm, I have to deal with that broken arm and I'd rather just die. So I I got up to the top of this stupid thing at the trampoline park um, and it was, it was like maybe my siblings convinced me to do it. And I was like, I don't know that that's a good idea, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, that's real high up there. And they're like, it's not that high. And I was like, I cannot believe that I'm being spoken to by somebody three feet tall. Yeah. Telling me that that's not that high because I'm looking up at this like skydive thing. It looks like a diving I'm intimidated. Board, and I'm yeah. almost six foot. So I'm looking up at this thing like that's very high. Meanwhile, these 
munchkins are like, <laughs> that's not that high. And I was like, I'll freaking show you high, you little turd. And then, of course, because my siblings are saying this, another small crowd of small children. Oh, no. Uh, now I have like 10 to 15 small children being like, it's not that high. You mm-hmm. can do it. Just go up there. Face your fears. <laughs> and I was like, God, I'm being like encouraged slash bullied by a bunch of Mm eight-year-olds and like they're peer pressuring me like this is yeah like you i didn't need to worry about peer pressure growing up for like drugs (laughs) but i do have to worry about peer pressure from eight-year-olds to jump off something that's a little (laughs) higher than comfortable so they convinced me to do it and i walk up this stupid thing and as i'm getting higher and higher i'm like i can feel my heart rate picking up and i'm like i don't know that i'm gonna be able to do this so i get up and i can feel it i'm like he, he, i was like where's my clonopin i need my like, where, where's my case of emergency medication so i get oh up to God. the top of this thing and i'm like okay i do it i just not gonna look down And I was, like, getting ready to jump. And they were, like, you have to look so you could aim. And I was, like, no. (laughs) So I, like, looked. I, like, glanced down real quick. And it was immediate. Mm -hmm. I was, like, I can't do this. I was, like, I have to go back down the stairs. And they were. And this small child comes up behind me. And the small (laughs) child says, it's okay. I've done it. It's fun. You can do it. I, like. I I've already done it. I like and like and I'm like, what is it like what must be going through this child's head? Like, I have already braved the fall of doom. <laughs> this tall lady should uh-huh. be able to do like it's safe for her because it was safe. This is a grown-up. This is a grown-up. And they were just like, there's little little gigantic baby eyes looking at me saying, <laughs> You can do it. And I was like mesmerized by this child. And I was like, You're right, I can do it. And so I like walked, I like, I feel like I got like hypnotized. I walked to the end of the thing and then I jump. And the minute my feet left the, uh, left the <laughs> ledge, it all, it was all gone. All of the reassurance from the small child was gone. And as I was falling through the air, I was like, what have I done? What have I done? And of course then I hit, everything was fine. But like my siblings were like, let's do it again. And I was like, no, I will not be going on that again. So, yeah. Oh, that's peer amazing. pressured, peer pressured by a bunch of small children <laughs> Who needs drugs when you have small children telling you to jump off high things? You are taking your life in your hands, Sabrina. I get it. <laughs> they were taking my life in their hands. I don't that's trust eight year olds. Why would I trust an eight year old? That's very true. Yeah. Around me, there's like this, um, there's this. I don't know. I guess it's like called a canopy obstacle something or other. It's like it's basically like an obstacle course or like a, a course that's all ropes but it's up way in up the in the air. air. I want to do I'm one gonna, of those so bad, yeah. but I know that at some point I will hold on to something and I will not <laughs> let go because I've had that happen before. I will... <laughs> oh, my God. OK, so now. OK, wait. Now I have to tell you another story real quick. It has to do with something like that. It was a church camp or some shit when I was like 13 I've always been like this by the way (laughs) they had this thing where you climb up this fucking like it looks like a telephone pole using like things so you climb up Mm -hmm. to the top and there's this little platform at the top that's like two feet by two (laughs) feet maybe and then Mm -hmm. you're attached to a bunch of like two bungee cords on either side of you 
Okay. That go to some poles. Okay. And then there's a a, a, a bar, like some <laughs> fucking trapeze artist who's been playing, like working in Barnum and Bailey's for like their entire life, not afraid of anything, where you're supposed to jump from this platform to grab onto that thing. What? No. I got, peer, again, peer pressure. I'm so, it's so easy. Like, it's so easy. I'm so impressionable. And they were like, you could do it. I get up to the top of this thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to stand up, you have to, like, stand up. And so <laughs> I, I go, I'm no. holding on to this thing. And I go to stand up. And then I realize, oh, my God. And, like, so in reality, I was probably maybe, like, 20 20 or 30 feet off the floor. It's right? enough. <laughs> In my mind, it's like one of those movie scenes where it's like, <laughs> it like goes longer. <laughs> and of course you're on this giant pole. So it's swaying. And I, oh my God. I grab onto this thing and I freeze. Mm. And the people down, down at the bottom are like, okay, Sabrina, like stand up. You and I was go. like, I can't, I can't stand up. <laughs> And they were like, you have to stand up. And I was like, I can't move. And they were, they were yelling at each other. And they're like, you have to come down, Sabrina. I was like, I can't. I can't. This is where I live now. Where's my sleeping bag? And they're like, you literally cannot stay up there. Like, you have to come back down. And I was like, I, you do not understand. I cannot come back down. And they're like, okay, well, we'll help you stand up. Like, we'll take the slack off of the bungee cord. And help you stand up. Mm. And I was like, you can't do that. And they were like, you have to. (laughs) So they start like pulling on it. And I won't let go. And so like, (laughs) so like the harness around my middle is like, I look like an angry cat with my back arched because they're trying to pull me off of this platform in the sky. They're trying to pull me off with the bungee cords and I won't let go. Like now I'm fully... (laughs) I am fully koala'd onto this thing. Like I have, I have crawl. Like I have laid down against it. My arms are completely oh, no. around it. My no. legs are like around the corner, and they're like no. tr- now they're not just trying to pull and help me no, up. They're, they're like yanking you. on me, and, and every time they do that, it sways more. No, and so I'm just like I, now I'm screaming. They're screaming. We're all screaming. The children, the children have left the lake to come watch me on this so they're all like it's okay Sabrina and of course like (laughs) like it's a church camp so everyone's like I'm praying for you and I'm like that's not gonna help me right now like no so they're like (laughs) yanking me and then they they finally all I know is one second I am attached to thing (laughs) holding on Maybe life. the Holy Spirit really came over you. Maybe, maybe he did. <laughs> like, came over and pried my fingers out of the wood. I, uh-huh. they, like, finally, they yank, and I go popping off. And because yeah. it's a bungee cord, there was, like, bounce. not just bounce, like, I flew into the air no. because of the... <laughs> Because of the tension. Yeah. Because they were pulling on it so hard. Like, they're them against me. And apparently I... I don't value my life because I was hanging on for my life. <laughs> and my life is apparently not worth much to me or worth much strength. So they yank me off. I go flying it and I'm like, boingo, yo, 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 like up and down oh and up God. and down. And I'm 
screaming. Obviously. Screaming. And then the, I'm like, they slowly let me down and I end up on the ground, just like held <laughs> into fetal? a ball, <laughs> screaming still. And they're like, you're fine. You're on the ground. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and then, like I ended up screaming so hard. I had to go to the med medical oh office for like throat soothing. Oh my God. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love it. That was a total tangent, but it just made like the uh, it's just I don't do heights. And like, it's always small children that are like, you can do the thing. And I'm like, I have experience that I cannot do. the thing. <laughs> My history tells me that I actually should not. Thank you. Thank you for it, your though. I mean, it's so after yeah, I'm right? done, I'm like, wow, that was so much fun. Never want to do it again, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> Like you're glad you did that. You like you were in agony. It's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so we're in chapter fourteen, right? My god, I cannot believe we're only in. Cha- How did we turn this book into three episodes? Listen, it's jam packed, and so are we. <laughs> Girl, okay, I reread the ne- like yeah. the last three or four chapters this yeah. evening, and like there's enough details to fit into seven. <laughs> my god. There's so much. It's mm-hmm. one. It's less than a hundred pages that we have left to go, and we're about to it's make amazing. this a whole last episode. So, chapter fourteen. So when? Yeah, what happens at Where, first? I listened to it again today, but now I can't remember. I don't remember. So I okay. So the last thing that we had from last episode was our creepy little italics murderer being yes. like, "I'll not finish the kill until." Oh, so we're like smack at the beginning of fourteen. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're but, right at the beginning of. 14. By the way, I was thinking about this because we haven't commented on this Ooh. once this time around. So we know that there's creepy murder and all of these things, and like Alec is protecting her this whole time. We have not mentioned that Fishbowl Jamie is yes. fully on a like a mystery machine. Uh, search him out. What's the word I'm looking for? Investigation. Oh, yeah. she's, she's doing an investigation. Search yeah. out. She's doing a big search him out. She's like to find asking her answers. all the people. She's like, do you know about Helena? Why was Helena set? Like, blah, blah, blah. Did you notice? Yeah. And so like, that's something of note. Jamie's digging into this shit as best yeah. as she can with her sweet little with her fish bowl brain. Yeah. Yep. No, <laughs> Sometimes she would ask a question. I was like, darling. Yeah. And that's all I have to say. Mm -hmm. No, there's nothing beyond darling. Yeah. So we start off with Alec being like, okay, I need to go talk to Angus. So if you don't remember, Angus is the dude who everyone was like, he's dead. And she's like, he's not dead. And they're like, oh, well, he'd be dead in two days. So he's (laughs) recovering, right? So Alec decides to go visit Angus and get like the lay of the land because Angus is his like one of his little besties and so he needs yeah. some advice and of course angus is older and more experienced and it's He's like three angus summers older three summers older sir by the, the way one. like how old do we know how old no Alec idea is? okay Mm-mm. no okay. i imagine he's 27 that's so specific yeah, I don't know. It just pops I, into my brain. They that works because I know that we've decided that Jamie's like nineteen ish. Yeah, or she's nineteen at the maximum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's already been. There's already been the attempted murder on her. That's what happened at the very end mm-hmm. of last episode. You're totally right. With the fire. So, yeah, yeah. So he, um, he goes to see 
Angus because he has taken that nap and he's feeling very refreshed and renewed. Nobody will stop giving him shit about the fact that he took a nap. Mm-mm. The especially, Kincaid especially took a nap. because Jamie comes out and he went to take a nap because she needed a nap, <laughs> but he ends up falling asleep and she's like, mm-hmm. I'll leave him here. And so she gets yeah. up and leaves while he's napping. And then she comes out, she's like, please don't disturb him. He needs mm-hmm. his rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Gavin's just like, I'm sorry. Pardon? He's, yeah. What? So she decides that she's going to go like clean out the top room because she's sick of of sleeping in that blanket fort in the Great Hall. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Right. That just seems reasonable. And he goes to see Angus because he wants to make sure his ideas about about increased security are on point and like figure out what to do and see if they can find them this murder. Yeah, Because he wants to set a trap. Absolutely. He's decided they are setting a trap for this little mousy. Mm-hmm. So he does that. He chats with Angus. Uh, Angus is like a big mad because stitches or, you know, he can't have wine or whatever. Doesn't yeah, because Elizabeth goes to get Alec a glass of wine. Yeah. And then he's and then Angus is like, can I have wine? And she's like, absolutely not. The mistress of the manor has said no wine for you, which mm-hmm. I repeat, I repeat, I feel like mm-hmm. wine is the safer choice. Ugh, you don't know what you don't know, though, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But any hoodles. So anyway, so like <laughs> you won't get it. And then like finally she leaves and a- Angus is like, give me some of your wine. And so yeah, Alec- Because and- she takes the bottle. <laughs> she takes it's the so bottle. <laughs> she- Alec is like, she knows you really well. <laughs> oh my God. Can I just say that like Elizabeth and Angus- They're so just- sweet. They're so, so sweet. Cute. I love them. I love them. Yeah. So, so when he comes back, he sees her because she's leaning out the window, thinking, like, looking at two soldiers that he's posted below her window to, like, make sure she's safe. And he can see that she's, like, listening in on what they're saying. And they're speaking in Gaelic. Yeah. So he realizes that she understands this whole necrophilia joke. That she should not understand because they're speaking Gaelic. And he's like, that wily minx. Like, he actually loves it. He's like, this is hilarious. I told all my men to, like, get better at English so that she would, like, settle in better. And this bitch has just been listening to us talk the whole time. He thinks it's Uh great. And then he decides that he that turnabout's fair play, and he's going to start fucking with her in Gaelic, knowing because that she can't say anything about because it. Because both of their love languages is baiting. Oh, oh, absolutely. And giving each Good other point. shit. Good like, point. Words of fuckery <laughs> is their love language. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Although I will say, like, this is such a small detail, but it brought me so much joy because she's listening to this weird fucked up joke this whole time, right? And she's just like along for the ride, and then they finish it, and the punchline is basically about English, like English women being yeah. fish and blah blah sure. blah blah blah. Yeah. And, um, she's like, oh, that's what the joke is. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Oh. I don't think I got the joke until just now. <laughs> the joke is that English women oh, no. don't react in they bed. They lay there and think of the queen or whatever. Uh-huh. And they don't react. Oh. There, there's no reaction in bed. And so, like, you wouldn't notice the difference she between could be an just English dead. woman and just, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Melody. Oh, <laughs> 
Wow. So she, I adore you. Golly. So she hears that punchline though, and she's like, Big man. Absolutely not. She goes back Uh into that room, and Alec is watching this whole thing. She comes back out with a fucking giant bucket of soapy water because she's (laughs) like cleaning that room, and she just like dumps it out onto them. Uh They start like cursing and freaking out, and she's like, oh. I'm so sorry, boy. I didn't see you like, there. I didn't see you there. And Alex is like, I love this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, mistress, I'm so sorry. We didn't know it was you. You can dump water on us anytime. Uh-huh. Anytime absolutely. you can. And, meanwhile, <laughs> and then, like, so Alec goes up and starts baiting her because, of course, that's what they do. And then this part Ugh. just made me so ha- Like, I, if somebody did this to me at IRL, I would freaking kick them in the ball so fast. But they're <laughs> so cute. I love them together. Mm-hmm. And... Alec looked forward to the insults he planned to hurl at her. Yeah. She was such a little temptress when she was riled. And he <laughs> was just the man to rile her. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it's really it. good. It's really good. Oh, man. So he goes in and like all her shit is there. Everywhere. Her shit has arrived. Yeah. <laughs> it's hoarder it's central. like four pack horses of, you know, sky high luggage has arrived. Including, but not limited to, this newfangled, ridiculous thing that is a chair with bent wood on the bottom. And she's like, I know, I know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna become a trend or whatever. And that's like sort of the through joke about this rocking chair, because everybody thinks that it's like the the silliest thing they've ever seen. Yeah. So that, and there is a tapestry that she wants to hang (laughs) over a mantle. Her sisters, her sisters made it for her for her birthday. That's the one. Yeah. And so she's like, Gavin, go hang this up. Do not look at it, though, because I want us to all experience its glory together here on the ground. So Gavin goes and hangs it above the mantle. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, it's our dear Henry the Conqueror. Isn't that beautiful? William. And they're like, what? Oh, William, whatever. And mm-hmm. he's like, what, what's what's on his head? And she's like, oh, that's a, a halo. halo. He hasn't mm-hmm. been sainted yet, but like, it's no on the way. way. It's, it's in the works. Absolutely. And this was her birthday present. Yeah. Are you going to, yep. would you like, would you like a tapestry of President Biden with a halo on his head? No, but if you were to get me, I don't know, Betty White or Lizzo mm. or, mm. you know, you want to put a halo on them and cross stitch them up, I would take that. Oh, yeah. I would take I just, that real I don't fast. Think that maybe it's because I don't live in 1100 or hell, this would actually have been a great gift probably all the way up through like 1900 or 1950. That's fair. Or some shit like that. But like if you tried to give me any world leader with a halo on their head, I would look at you uh-uh. and I'd be like, um. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. No, thank you. But yeah, so it goes that. up there and Alec is like, that shit's coming right back down, babe. Like, mm-hmm. that is not staying there. And then and she's offended. Oh, yeah, she's pissed. She's like, absolutely but Father not. Murdoch comes to the rescue. He's like, well, what if we put a fine tapestry of King Edgar? The yeah. Scottish king up there. We'll have yeah. both of them. And Alec is like, fine, if it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then meanwhile, she's like, I'm going to make it smaller. I'm going to make it smaller. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe I'll just make it the exact same size, but he doesn't get a halo. No halo. That's the, that's the final answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really cute because Father Murdoch does this whole like beer metaphor where he's like, what do you get where you mix water with beer, Alec? And he's like, fucking watered down ale, like piss water or whatever. 
And he's like, yeah. And you can't, you can't like take it out of the mix. Right. And he's like, yeah. And so, you know, English, Scottish, we're putting our traditions and our, our lives together or whatever. And it should be the same thing. So the tapestries go side by side. And then Alec's like, okay, fine. But that comes down until the tapestry for Edgar is ready. Mm -hmm. So maybe you should get on that. Get Get somebody to start. Because otherwise it's never going back up. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. And this is, of course, so we mentioned this in the first episode about the rocking chair and like all the sadness about how the four daughters would sit on his lap, but she this didn't get to and all of these things. So this is where he finds out about it. And then one of the lines, like when I tell you this straight up shot me in the heart and like yes. I had to write down in a therapy journal because I was yes. like, I'm going to have to talk about this was Jamie had confused love with need. He thought that perhaps in her mind. She really didn't know the difference. And like, I teared up a little bit. That gave me yeah. a lot of feelings. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And then That's like, wh- I mean, one of my stress responses, it doesn't matter what's happening. If anybody is mad at me, but mostly people that I live with, I immediately start cleaning. And it's because that was my coping mechanism growing up. I was just like, oh, can I hear my mom's car coming down the driveway? What do I need to clean? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Ah, is she mad at me? What can I tidy up? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we continue on after all of this. And this is when I had mental whiplash because yeah. I have timeline things in my brain this whole oh. time. And I've been like, how? Like, what? This ha- like I guess this must have been over a couple of like, but how would that work? And I was like trying to like rationalize it in my head, and then, quote, mm-hmm. "You've had quite a day, Jamie." Gavin remarked. First, mm-hmm. you battle a fire, and then you battle a determined woman, because she's also had a talk with Edith today. Oh and yeah. Then, and then and then Jamie's response was, "I was like, damn, that both of those things happened today." And then I was like, "But wait." And then she took care of it because she, she said, actually, you. I battled a fat boar, then Alec, then the fire, and last Edith. And that's when my brain just like shut down for a solid like, five minutes. <laughs> I was like, how in the fuck? And there were two sexings in the, in the midst of those. Yes. Two. One against two a tree. This is, yeah. this is tree sex scene because that happens yeah. when the boar thing happens. And then mm-hmm. there's bed sex scene, which yep. leaves just Alec plump tuckered out. As he should be. We have, we have nap time, Alec. 
And She's also cleaned out an entire dusty room by this point. Like, it's oh. not even 1 p.m. And, and all of this has happened because during... So with Edith, we'll just, like, break it down really quickly. Basically, Edith has been a big old bitch to her every <laughs> oh single time she comes into the room, including but not limited to when she comes in from, from cleaning, you know, the room or whatever. Edith is like, what, did you fall into a, a bucket of sudsy water? And Marcus, her brother, is like, you will not talk to the Laird's wife like that. And Edith's like, you can suck my nuts, basically. And so then Jamie's like, nope, we're going to have it out. We're going to make this be done. And so she's like, she has Annie leave because she doesn't want the poor child to, like, deal with the stress of their, you know, conflict. And she goes in on Edith. She whispers in Marcus's ear, basically like, no matter what I say, go along with me. And then she turns to Edith and she's like, what is your problem with me? You're going to tell me. And like, I'm the Laird's wife. I am the mistress of this house. I can change whatever I want. And if you're not going to get on board with that, I can have you leave. I can turn you into an exile with one sentence. And Edith is like, no, you can't. Marcus would never allow that. And she's like, yeah, he absolutely would. And Marcus just sort of like stands there nodding. And then she, Edith is like, she's like, so yeah. So like, tell me, what is it about me that you hate so much? And Edith is like, you're trying to replace Helena and you took her thing out of that. And she goes to like hit Jamie and Jamie grabs her hand and twists it so that Edith goes down onto her knees and then Edith just like cries into Jamie's We're stomach. Stopping. And she's like, oh my God, I almost hit you. I'm so sorry. Like she's horrified with herself. Both the men have come up to be like, you know, protect Jamie's body. And, and now she's just like, get away, get away. And she's stroking Edith's hair and being like, I'm so sorry I had to lie to you that whole time. I wouldn't, you're a really important member of this clan. I would never send you away. Your brother would never want to live without you. Like, I'm not trying to replace Helena. I might be Jamie's wife, but I want to make sure that that Helena has a place and a memory here. And Edith's like, he, he never talks about her. She's like, it's painful for him. And then Edith mentions that <laughs> Helena had a daughter. Yeah, a lot, a daughter. Like, like a, this is an existing daughter. Like an daughter. And one. she was waiting to go get the baby until Alec came back from war because they were going to go get her together. But she died. But she or he yeah. came back from war. And so it's it had the baby had been living with the grandmother for most of its life. But then I guess like three and months grandma ago, died. the grandmother died and she got sent to like distant fucking relations. Yeah. So Jamie is like, I I mean, like blow her top mad. She actually like stumbles and has to sit down because like all the blood either rushes into or well, out of her like, head. <laughs> and she's fucking mad because she's like, if that baby exists, then that is Alex's daughter. And now my baby. That my yeah, baby. That's my I, baby. Absolutely. Well, she, she has decided that uh she gonna go get that baby. She's gonna go get that baby. That's right. So she's like, Marcus, how long would it take to get there? And he's like, well, it's a three-hour ride. And this is where I start going. It's probably Timelines don't two. make sense. 
But like how... it's gotta be earlier because like gotta... a three hour ride there means a three hour ride back. So like it's probably actually like eleven a.m. Like... No, it couldn't be. No, because everybody's had their nooning meal. She got attacked when everybody else was at their nooning meal. And I don't know if it's different in Scotland well, like, time. It's like it's like winter time. Doesn't that mean it gets dark early? Like they're going to be I leaving it was, at one? It's not winter time. It's starting to get cold or it's stopping oh. being cold. It's like okay. spring or fall. So like it. Fair enough. I'm not an, I don't live in Scotland. Mm-hmm. But like. You're not I'm a Highlander? Sure, but I'm sure that, oh God, I wish. But. Like, oh God, I'm, every day I've been reading this modern Highlander series lately. It's so really? fucking good. Incredible. It's by Jolie Vines. Uh-huh. Fucking awesome. Hard recommend. Hard recommend. And all I can think, like, I'm just like, is this like I go to England next month for two weeks and we're going to Ireland and Scotland and I was like is this it is this when I meet the love of my life and move to Scotland and live in the Scottish Highlands for the rest (gasps) of my life oh my god it it? could happen it could happen you could eat meat pies forever Sabrina oh you like meat pies I do like a meat pie I also like a veggie pie I mean same here yeah but anyway Yeah. yeah so um Wow, I completely derailed myself because I was like, me "God, too. give me the, give me a Highlander." Please. No, but you're you're right because if it's like, say it's noon thirty, then she's not getting home until oh, yeah. like seven thirty at the earliest. There's no way that it is not going to be dark by five well, or but it, five. It PM. is dark when she gets home. That's what. My that's God. what. Isn't it dark? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So anyway, she's yeah. Like, so she's like, we're Marcus, going. We're going. How do we get, get there? My horse. Will you take me? So yeah. she and Marcus and Gavin are on their little ponies and they start going down and Alec is hanging out with his warriors and they're doing some training practice, right? Yeah. She's riding bareback, by the way. And yep. she's coming down the hill and Alec turns around, like everyone's staring up the hill. And so he turns around <laughs> to see what it is. And he she- says, He says she has, he has no idea what they're looking at, but he can guarantee that Jamie is behind it. <laughs> like Jamie <laughs> has done whatever it is. <laughs> He's right. He is. And but then he turns around and he's like fucking boner town. He's Look like, at hey that girl. Horsemanship. Like boy yo 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 yoing. Oh. I mean, I, and like would like, also do it for me. Fair. Hair blowing in the wind. Yeah. She she ha- she guides wildfire to turn just by using her knees. I'm sorry. That's hot. It is. It's great stuff. So then she comes up and he's like, wife, what do you think you're doing? She's got I'm an going arrow. hunting. Yeah. She's got a bow and arrow on her back and a quiver, quiverness. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're going, you're going hunting uh-huh. with like a bow. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm really good at it. And he's like, oh, sure. Wink, wink, nudge. Uh-huh. She's like, she's no. Like, I, fuck you. Let I'm me show hit you. That, hit that target. Yeah. And so she does. And then. She does. Well. No, but, yeah. because wildfire, this asshole, keeps on moving her head right in front of Jamie's aim. And so Jamie tosses her shoes off and then stands, stands up on, on wildfire's back and then makes the shot. And he's like at her side when she sits back down. Then he's like, do not ever do that again. She's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, do not ever stand on stand your on horse. Your You're horse. taking your life in your hands. And she's like, Alec, I'm used to just like galloping through the field, standing on my horse whenever the mood strikes me. <laughs> and, and he's, he's like, like uh, you will not. Or you're not. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, so like, anyway, of course, then... 
uh, and then like anyway, of course, um, oh wait, the kiss happens before he learns about the target. Yeah. Cause that yeah. was he's like, you forgot something. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, I'll give you a kiss on the brow. Mwah. So she kisses him on the brow, and then he's like, I meant you forgot your saddle. And then they're like, oh, she's like, well, I'm used to, like I said, I'm used to riding bareback and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, well, that's fine. And then he like pulls her down, and he's like, you'll never kiss me like that again. And she and she's thinks, like, oh, no, he hates public displays of affection. And then he so full on, like, noms the shit out of her face, pulls her oh, off yeah. the horse, like, just like, this intense, incredible, crazy. Everyone's like around, like they're what they're like, yeah, whooping and hollering oh, and like it all is that. some raucous tonsil <laughs> hockey. Okay, yeah, woo. And then one of the guys is like, "You missed the target," and she's like, "No, I absolutely did not. My arrow will be in the middle. Go look." And the guy's like, "Whoa, she did it!" And so then it gets even more raucous, and like, oh, and then of course God. Alec is like, "Okay, fine, you can go hunting, but you have to take ten more people." Yeah. And so, so they take 10 more soldiers, and then she's like, okay, I'm not going to come back empty-handed. And he's like, cool sauce. Uh-huh. And, and then, of course, God bless Jamie, she goes mm-hmm. gallivanting off, and Marcus what? runs right up next to her and grabs the reins, and he's like, and she just looks at him, and she's like, <laughs> oh, no, again. Yeah. And he just turns her around. And they do a big old U-turn. <laughs> and they run off again because Jamie... Could not find her way out of a room with a single door in it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. She could not. Yeah. So then Alec is really worried because this was a very late hour to take a six hour round trip walkabout, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they it had to they had to spend time like talking about whether or not she could take the baby. Um so yeah, he's worried and he's like, I don't know what's happening. Like I'm trying to like keep it together here and like Gavin and Marcus and all the men would never put her in any danger or whatever. And then he turns around and she's standing at the top of the steps and he's like, oh, thank goodness. But her skirts are doing a swish in a sway. Her skirts are doing a, a little dusty rustle. little face pokes oh. out the side of her skirt. Oh, no. And she's like, okay, Mary, Mary Kathleen, it's time to go meet your papa. And like tries to take the kid who's like three at this point over to Alec. And the kid's like scared and I don't blame her. And meanwhile, Alec's thinking to himself, I mean, they she's wearing a Kincaid plaid. So that means she belongs to somebody here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, she's like, oh, this is your daughter. And he's like, my what now? Like, mm-hmm. no. And then she tells him all about it. She tells him about mm. how, uh, like, this child was Helena's child and they just mm. hadn't gone to get it and stuff like that. And then, like, boy, Hattie, Papa Alec comes down to play. He steps up to the plate. He does. He does. He's like, he's, and she's all worried. Jamie's all worried that he's going to be like, absolutely not. Get that child out of here. And I mean, he does not you'd think she would talk to him about it first so that no. she doesn't traumatize the child with his rejection. What have you met but Jamie? She does not do that. Melody? I know. Never I in know. a million years would she ask Fucking and clear this Jamie. with him first. I know. <laughs> like I know. she's like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, luckily it fine. he doesn't He's... yeah, he doesn't traumatize the child with rejection. Um and and so he's like, she's like, yeah, we we got there. I was just going to go visit. I was, you see, I was just visiting. Just to get the plan. But then, Lay of the yeah. land, see how the child's right. doing. Just Except for up. fucking grandma who 
kid or auntie or whatever, whoever yeah. they're living with, kid that Mary Kathleen is living with. Uh, Doing a big abuse on her. Fuck that asshole. Yeah. And so, like, Jamie wasn't having none of it. She was like, absolutely no. not. She th- takes the plaid that the child is wearing and throws it on the ground, which is and like a Marcus big old thing. So, like, we'll it. just. Yeah, Marcus spits on it. So, let's just. We were at, we're at two wars for today alone. This is the third we're gonna one. We're going to add a third. Or I guess the wars yep. were from yesterday, but for the week. Doesn't matter. And yeah. so, oh, yeah. like, we're just going to add another one because that's like the biggest number one, like, well, like I bite my thumb at you. Oh, thing yeah. to do in 1100s Scotland. Like, you do not Absolutely. put that flat on that ground. And then, so they straight up kidnap this child. They do. Well, and she's like, we have both been derelict in our duties toward this child because she's our baby. And yet, like, you sent her off to grandma. Did you know that grandma died? And she's been with distant relations who I'm ashamed to say are English and only want your like monthly stipend or whatever it is that you're giving them. And she was getting mistreated terribly. And so she's like, once I once I saw some bruises on her when I changed her plaid, that's when I decided that she was going to come live with us. And he was like, Jamie, that's absolutely not true. You did say you were not going to come back empty handed. Mm-hmm. You were going to bring this kid back the whole time. And she's like, you know what? Fine. You're not wrong. <laughs> and I don't know. It's 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 great, though, because this is exactly what Jamie thinks her dad slash stepdad did for her, except she's going to do it right Mm -hmm. for Mary Kathleen. And it's really beautiful. And then, of course, Edith comes out and he's like, oh, my God. And (laughs) Alec is like, this kid stinks. And we need to fix that. (laughs) You need to go wash that baby. (laughs) Yeah, go wash that baby. That's a smelly baby. Uh, That's a dusty, dusty baby. There ends up being like literally every woman we have met in the entire book until now is now in the Great Hall and they are all giving this baby a bath. (laughs) Yeah. Every single one of them. They all just come out of nowhere and they're like, we're bathing this baby. So, of course, Mm -hmm. they do in the blanket fort because blanket fort right. also has bathtub and so you can hear them on the other side like cleaning and washing and this just made me laugh because so alex starts talking to his huh. peeps and he's talking and jamie's like you know i can hear you and he's like uh you shouldn't be listening because you should be paying attention to baby this is not your business and she's like what the fuck and it just had me amused the entire time yeah it was really cute and um Edith says, like, oh, she's such a beautiful child. And Jamie says, we have to tell her that every day. She could never feel like an outsider. And I was just like, Jamie, I'm so sorry. I know. So, yeah. So then then they come out of the bath and, like, Mm -hmm. there's, like, it's time to, like, settle down for dinner. And this had me absolutely just rolling because Uh she gives the baby, she gives Mary Kathleen to Alec and is, like, Go hang out with baby. And so they go sit on the rocking chair and then starts he starts telling her a story. And like Gavin yeah, like, and Marcus are sitting of bedtime there. Bedtime story can what? I come and, up with? And so, you know, Jamie's just meandering about the Great Hall doing things. She's upstairs getting the second bedroom ready because I don't remember if we mentioned this, but she hasn't she has decided that they will no longer be sleeping in the Great no. Hall. They are having that bedroom. That's why they yeah. she is moving all of the stuff out. And, and now she wants Mary Kathleen in the bedroom next to, be to right them there. so that she can hear her. Exactly. And, well, and she's taking the stitches out of Angus. 
is the other thing she's doing. That too. That too. Yeah. yeah. Angus is going to be real happy he can have wine again soon. So yeah. then she comes back out and everybody is enthralled. Elizabeth is Riveted. standing next to them listening to the story, but she looks a little bit more concerned than mm. everybody else. And then yeah. as... <laughs> She's Jamie thinking to herself, oh my gosh, sweet. this man, he's such a dream boat. I, I knew he would be such a good father. And then uh-huh. she gets close enough. And what happens, Sabrina? <laughs> she gets close enough. And Alex telling like a brutal story about war. He And like when she a comes up. A battle that he won. Yeah. She comes up and uh, he he's like that. And Alex is like, and then we chopped off his arm. And then Jamie's like. What are you doing? And she like grabs that baby up. And by the way, mm-hmm. Alec, and, Alec and Mary Kathleen are sitting in the rocking chair, and yeah. that gave me a lot of feels. But she like grabs that baby up. She's like, "You're gonna give this baby nightmares. What are you doing?" And so she does take that baby, and she does go off. And she's like, "It's bedtime." No, no, not yet. Yeah, because just about because he says he says like, "Okay," she says, "All right, go go say goodnight to your papa," and. Mary Kathleen goes over and like, you know, sort of like gives him a little snuggle or whatever. And he says, all right, good night, Mary Kathleen. I will finish your story tomorrow. You go get in your bed. And then Mary Kathleen gets down and toddles over to the front of the fireplace and lays down on the floor in front of the fireplace. And they realize that's where she thinks she's supposed to sleep. I forgot about I'm actually, yeah. my brain may have purposefully blocked that I know. Because it's so sad. It's so sad. I know. And so she goes over and picks her up and she's like, I think that's where she thought she was supposed to sleep. And then she says, you know what, though? I'm really happy because it's clear that her grandmother, for the first, you know, most of her life, loved her and was really, really good to her. And Alec is like, why do you think that? And she says, well, because she's got such a good temperament and, um, you know, so it's clear that like the abuse started very, very recently and it might not cause like, you know, permanent trauma. Whereas like how, Mm. how that is a very progressive mindset about also like, I'm not gonna lie. It did click for like in general, her approach to all of this is like. Just kind of shocking. It took me out for a hot second. I was like, we're just going to accept it and hop right back in. But like, even when she was like, I can't believe that this woman used a switch on this baby's legs. And it's like, probably people in your manner are also using switches on baby legs. Yeah. (laughs) That seems like, that just seems like a, I mean, up until real recently. Really recently. I was just talking to um, a neighbor who went to school in the UK and he was like, yeah, no, the they would beat the shit out of us, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, and people, he's like, I don't know, 40, maybe. People my age, I have lived in the South for 10 years now. And so, like, I yeah. didn't know this. Grow- like, this was a thing I dealt with growing up. But, like, people mm-hmm. my age are like, oh, yeah, I used to have to go in the yard and find a stick. And I was oh, like. shit, bro. What? You're not. You're 30. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, you had to. That's. I don't know how to feel about that. And they're like, it was just how how it was. And I was like, mm, okay. Okay. I'm going to do a full Jamie Kincaid. If if I ever find out you're telling your kids to take that, go find a stick in the backyard, I will be coming and stealing that baby. (laughs) I will abscond with that child. Yes. I will. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So um, then she takes her to bed and well, and, and Alex starts doing a noodle. 
because he's, meanwhile, the whole rest of the day, he's been going around to the rest of Helena's, like, family members that remember her, and he's been asking about Helena and, like, what what she was like and what what was going on with her because he didn't really get to spend very much time with her after they were married because a they were married a very short time and b he was like off gallivanting for the king or something during that time so he just sort of assumed that everybody was right about her being totally miserable but now it seems like other people's recollections don't line up with that at all and like, he does find, find out, out yeah he, we find out that um one of the reasons that the Annie came to live with Helena when Helena married Alec because remember first Annie was betrothed to Alec but then her developmental delays were like they seemed a bit like a bit more restrictive than the king or anybody else wanted. And on like, top of that, the king wanted Helena, because she was with child, right. to go to a good home. Yeah. Which that's so, a weird way to state. So no, it's no, so no, true. The king did rehome Helena <laughs> with Alec. Um, because that's how <laughs> women were treated. <laughs> yep. All right, puppy, days. come here. Yep. This is your and home. Annie went with her because it turns out that like their family that Helena awful. Yeah, Helena and Annie's family were abusing them as well. And so Alec is like, yeah, I don't I don't think because everybody's worried that it's not only going to start a war like stealing Mary Kathleen is not only going to start a war with the dad's family, but also with Helena's side of the family. And Alex like nobody needs to worry about that because they don't care about children, period, the end. And so then he starts noodling and he's like, huh, it's interesting to think that like kids who are mistreated from birth to whenever can maybe like, you know, what what does Jamie say? Like a, a rot starts in their soul or something. She what? What you didn't you didn't put that together? <laughs> How did I Sorry. <laughs> Necrophilia joke. So I, I, I reread these <laughs> chapters today. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. that did makes... I just open vistas in your mind? <laughs> My God. Every like you. So like, remember, you know, way yeah. in the way way back machine on Wednesday <clears throat> or Thursday, <clears throat> whatever the fuck we first recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a fortnight ago, <laughs> forever ago. We've been in this book. We've been in this world for a while. How I said that I ha- didn't had see no it idea who the yeah. murderer was. <laughs> well, I after talking about this book so extensively, uh huh. Like uh-huh. I feel like I should have an honorary <laughs> master's at this point. Um. And you should too. Uh, after this extensive discussion and you mm-hmm. bre- pointing out certain things, uh-huh. I'm sitting here going, 
I would make a terrible detective <laughs> because none of these things even so much as like these are so obvious too now that you have pointed them out like I feel like these are blues clues level obvious hints as to who the murderer was and I just we get to the very end and they're like, say the murderer's name. And they say it. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's who the murderer was? Wow. Oh I my have God. no idea. <laughs> wow. I'm too wheezy for you to be this funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So that was one of the signposts. (laughs) (laughs) I would get lost on this hike. (laughs) You're basically Jamie with this (laughs) with this sense of direction. Oh my god, I'm Jamie. I I am Jamie, and the murderer is the bathroom. Like (laughs) I. Oh Oh, shit! (laughs) Fuck. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Ooh. (laughs) So now, Alec is like, hmm. And then Angus is about to leave, and they're like, are we cool with the the plans? We're cool with that? And Alec is like, or Angus is like, yeah, 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 totes. But I'm going to go home with my wife. And then Gavin and Marcus are both like, well, I'm sorry. You told him a plan, but we don't know plan. <laughs> They're so upset They're about so it. They're so cute. I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, how dare? I thought you, I thought, I thought. I thought we were in her circle. Yeah. Like, I thought circle of trust was, was here. And he's like, you've been with my wife all day. I haven't had time to tell you. So like, I'm going to tell you the plan now. We're setting a trap tomorrow. And they're like, you, you know who it is? And then he's like, I think so. And so they're going to set a trap. Meanwhile, Jamie has also just found out, I'm so sorry, listener, that tomorrow King Edgar is randomly showing up. And I feel like everybody must have known this for at least three weeks. You know what I mean? Like, why wasn't Jamie told at all about this? But King Edgar's showing up a tomorrow. Well, because like so they don't as far as far as they're concerned, she doesn't have to do anything for it. But she she has always been, you know, like like That's I true. mean, needed is loved. And so like she's yeah. always been the one to like prepare the house and things like that and all mm-hmm. those things. Which like, what the fuck are you gonna prepare? The great hall bed bed? What yeah. like what do you have to do to are prepare you, for you, King Edgar? Are you, you putting sure you a hit King William? Like Yeah. Are you putting a cot in the blanket for? Is that what's happening for King Edgar? I don't know. No, he just gets some extra blankies and he just gets mm. to snuggle up with them. But Ooh, no, family like, bed. But like, what? That, that's why I'm not shocked they didn't tell her because as far as they're concerned, she doesn't have to do anything for it. That's true. He's just going to get true. there. She doesn't have so, to prepare, but she's like, what mad. the fuck? She's big mad. Yeah. So she's Which, also like, like fair. oh no, I don't need the king to come to my house. I have no, too many seltzer no. cans sitting on my kitchen counter right now. I do not want you're not the king or anybody. No. So like I understand no. Jamie's fuss about this. Absolutely. But also like I can see where they were coming from. 
And it's magnified because she still hasn't like it's her being in Scotland is so new that she hasn't yet parsed her feelings on like the Scottish and English continued conflict and whether or not she has to be loyal to the Scottish king or if she can stay loyal to the English king or if she can be loyal to both or like all this, you know, medieval bullshit. And so they tell her, oh, no, Henry and Edgar, they have sleepovers. They love each other <laughs> so much. They're a pe- like they are pen palling constantly, which is all not true. And she's like, oh, good. Oh, I was worried. But like now I know it's no problem. I'll just be loyal to everybody. Well, but like it was so funny because she's like she's like, I've heard that he's horrible and they're like what stories have you heard and she's like i heard that she he had somebody come into his into his thing and then he blinded him stabbed him right in the eyes blah 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 and like saying all these things and they're like oh and there's like a silence they're like like, well that that did happen that 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 was a thing that happened yeah and she's but what makes him so good is that he didn't he's better the challenger Uh uh-huh and on top of that he's kinder than the English king and she's like oh that's like awful how dare you say that about the English king king and they're like no no no. we're complimenting the English king yeah Edgar's soft (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh it's so medieval okay so now it's the next day and she's like no it is oh no it's not no it's not no tell me everything about this because it gave me so many You're right. Because what is my problem? It is Ugh. bedtime. She goes to bed early and she goes and lays down and she's like sleepy times. And Alec is staying down to like discuss things because as we have said, there is a plot for the next mm-hmm. day. And so they're all doing the chatty chat. And then he comes up to bed and then we do have a pretty good it's on sex. time. Yeah. So he wakes her up with a little bit of licky lick and nibbly yeah. nibbly and like touchy touch and like it's like it was a good one. So it's great stuff. Afterwards, they're all snuggled up and so if you remember <laughs> Alec He's gonna fuck with her in Gaelic. Yeah, because he she doesn't think he knows that he speaks <laughs> So in Gaelic. And he's decided to profess his feelings today. Uh-huh. So he's laying in bed with her and he says, I know you don't understand what I'm saying to you, Jamie, but I've need I've need to tell you in my own language. I love you, lass, with all my being. He felt her stiffen against him during his <laughs> recitation. <laughs> I love you because you're so gentle and loving, caring too. You mm. have a heart of gold, lass. Mm-hmm. She all but melted against him then. but most of all jamie i love you because you're such a truthful woman (laughs) i he added when she stiffened against him again (laughs) i could never love a woman who tried to deceive me but i have complete faith in you (laughs) and then and then in her language he says good night and she's Mm -hmm. like um what what did you just say? And he was like, "Good night." And she's like, Mm-mm, "No no no." Mm, before that, <laughs> what did you say before that? And he's like, "Oh, it's nothing important." <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "Did you mean it? Did you mean what you said in that other language that's not important?" And he's like, "Of course, go to bed. Of course, I meant it. Go to yeah, bed." Yeah. 
and just oh, oh god and then they do another another bone town after that because like they oh my god, just yeah. they're so horny for each other they're so, they're and such like dogs. And then we have to do, okay, so then she decides that she's going to surprise him the next day by making her pledge to King Edgar in Gaelic and then professing her love to him in Gaelic. And, and like, wearing the plaid for the first and time. finally wearing the plaid. That's right. We do have to do a quick detour because it is parent times. And in the middle of the night, the door opens and a teeny tiny little toddle, toddle, toddle comes over, goes over to Jamie's side. And he's like, he's like, hey, don't don't bother, mom. Come here. Let me. What can I do? And she's terrified. She's crying. She's terrified. God, this happened a couple of weeks ago with Valor, where like she, I, I you know, I was just like, what's going on, bud? And she goes, I'm wet. I peed. And I was like. It's okay. Like, Baby. it's okay. You're, I will never be mad at you for that. Don't worry about it. And I was like, did you think I was going to be mad? And she goes, mm-hmm. And I said, have I ever been mad at you before for that? And she goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I will never be mad at you. Anyway, sorry. I was like sort of tra- traumatizing as a parent to be like, am I that terrifying? What did I do? What gave off this signal? Anyway, so he says he pulls off her little tiny nightdress and he goes, now you're not. And it's OK. And then he picks her up and he takes her to like the door and he's like, please get her dressed and put her to bed. And Jamie's about to be like, hey, it should be the dad who puts Putting her to bed. to bed. But his co- he's cock out. <laughs> You know, full like he's out. just he's like, <laughs> I don't need to be walking around. No, like, like Edith is in there. Edith is sleeping <laughs> oh, yeah, next to Edith baby. Sleep- I did have the thought. Logistics. These are the logics, the the yeah. uh, the the um, specifics, the details that my brain yeah, was yeah, like. Yeah. That straw mattress is so uh, true. Uh, is that baby? Are they putting that baby back on that bed? How is uh, Edith not? Uh, <laughs> How are we handling that? Good idea. I, we're Good not. Call. We're just not. We're not gonna think about it. I just. I noted it, and I did have a moment of like. Mm. Well, and it's bananas too. Like now that I now that you put that in my brain that like they're very modern about certain things. You're right because we found out in that Jude Devereaux book that like this was still the time when they were hanging babies on walls. Or whatever, <laughs> with like the piss hole between its legs. I forgot uh, about that. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, this is different. <laughs> anyway, so it's Moving all on. fine, and they they deal with that straw mattress uh, in a totally hygienic way, and yep. everybody slept great. Mm-hmm. So the next day happens. They get the great hall together. She's excited about it. And then they're like, King Edgar is about to get here. And she's like, no. And she runs up to the room because she has to change. And then she has to call Father Murdoch in to help her with something. And like he sees her in like her green chemise or whatever it is. And he's like, the fuck is the man of the cloth doing up there? And Father Mur- Murdoch comes back down and asks him, and he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to ruin the surprise. Like, you just wait. And then 
just vision of visions. She opens the door and she is wearing a perfectly coiffed plaid that is in the Kincaid colors. And it's the first time he's seen her all done up, obviously, in his plaid. Alec could do a swoon. Alec has done a swoon. Absolutely. Oh, my cheeks hurt from smiling so much. I know. And then she comes down and like quintessential Jamie, she's like, now's the time. Now I'm going to get all those words of affirmation. She's like, okay. She's like gearing herself up, doing some stretches, getting ready. And he goes, you look good. She goes, that's it. And he goes, what, you want more? Yeah. He's like, what, you want more? She says, no, guess not. (laughs) Whatever. And they're like, a bunch of guests are outside. And then one of the guests is like, actually, I came in because I've been so curious about your wife. And it's Laird Harold's son, Justin, who we've Mm -hmm. like heard about a little bit. He's a scoundrel. He's got a ton of bastard kids all over Scotland. He's big old flirt. And Mm -hmm. Alec is not comfy with him being around his wife. Mm -mm. So Alec is very pleased because Jamie decides that she should be standing next to her husband when she receives guests. And so she goes over next to him and he like locks her with his arm next to him. And he's like holding her tight. Apparently Justin is a little bit of a hottie to trot. Yeah. Babe magnet. Yeah. 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 Also that. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, a scoundrel, he's gonna but lay also his, hot. He gonna lay his claim? Oh. Alex like, this is my lady, yeah. and you gonna know it. And, and he, Justin, Justin does not know it. Justin's a big old fucking turd head, because Justin's Justin like checking her out, like head signs. to toe. He's he's looking he's at her the way, look. that the way that a man, a husband <gasps> looks at a wife, not the she way that- She says it's an uh, earthy look. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And and so then everybody's like, okay, well, it's great to meet you, Justin. Shoo shoo outside, and he's like, oh no, I think I'll stay here because I um I just I I love listening to your very very intriguing accent. She's like, she's it's like, English. It's an English accent. It's English, Justin. All Scottish people hate English accents more than a nail going over glass. <laughs> One of my most favorite things <laughs> is. <laughs> Jamie's burn because at one point she goes Mm -hmm. you aren't perchance related to Laird McPherson are you Justin Mm -hmm. and he's like nay Lydia Kincaid I'm not related why would you ask such a thing and she says your manners remind me of the Laird (laughs) and I was like slam (laughs) yeah that's that's a slam that's a slam right there well and also this whole time everybody we haven't like made a big thing of it but everybody's as soon as they meet her at first, they think her name is Jane. And then oh, when yeah. she when she like clarifies, they're like, but that's a man's name. And she gets really fucking pissed about it every time. But then Justin's standing there. He says that English accent thing. And she's like, get off of it. And he's like, and Jamie, it's just such a beautiful name. And she's like, it's a man's name. And that's it's a, that. It's a man's name. <laughs> so then... She goes gallivanting off. He yeah. goes somewhere, and er- he's Alec, talking politics. Alec is having a chat with Laird Harold. No, no, Connor's is Connor, who is Laird Colin? Harold's like right hand. Colin. Colin, who is yes, right hand so man. He and Colin are having a talk because Colin's like, "What can we like do, do? 
basically, it doesn't matter. Politics. They're politics. <laughs> so yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> Jamie comes meandering back into the hall. And she mm-hmm. comes up and she stands next to her her compassionate husband. Oh. And he looks yeah. at her and she looks pretty pissed off. And at first he's like, oh, it's because she she's annoyed that I'm not giving her the time. But this is important. So he ignores her. And then she like taps him on the shoulder. Tap, 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 tap. Mm-hmm. And he's like, not now. And she's like, I have to speak with you. I have something that you need to take care of. And he was like, not now. Can you handle it yourself? And she's like, yes. Fine. And he's like, well, sure. then handle it yourself. And she's like, all right. So she goes to walk out. She gets all the way to the door and then she turns around and she given that weapons wall a big old look-see. Oh yeah, she's perusing. And so like Alec hasn't done anything, but he's kind of like keeping an eye like, what is she doing? And then she goes uh-huh. up to that weapons wall and she grabs a big old fucking club and she oh, yeah. struggles to get it off the wall <laughs> and then she gets it off the wall and it just big old crash on the ground. Everyone's oh, like, yeah. what the fuck? And uh, goes back to like she just drags this thing yeah out of that great hall yeah <laughs> drags that thing out of that great hall and outside and they're like what is happening and then alec goes oh my god justin <gasps> justin's uh-huh. done something so he goes running outside and she has a man on the ground and she has bashed in the back of his legs with said club <laughs> and he is on the ground and she's like how dare you this is so rude how would you tell and by the way all of this is in gaelic and so she's like how dare you how could you what are you like this is so rude i'm alec kincaid's wife and he's the yeah. only one who should be touching me and blah 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 and, and-, and i love him with a passion that you're never gonna even understand yes and <laughs> Father Murdoch, or yeah, I think it was either Father Murdoch or Gavin, is has is like trying to pause her and stop her, and it's like, hey, um, that's not, and she's like, bah, 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 like getting on his ass, <laughs> and she's like, Alec has instructed me to take care of this problem. I won't have your interference. I told right. Justin I'd come back with something to make his knees weak, and I did. And then Alec <laughs> from behind her goes. He's not Justin. Because guess She's what? She's like, of course he is. Justin has an identical twin brother named Philip. And she's and like, not Phillip, an identical twin. <laughs> oh, no. did just get his knees knocked out. War number four, baby. Wowza. <laughs> Wowza. So then she like drops her club and she's like, oh, Philip, I'm so sorry. Let me help you up. And he's like, st- he's like crab crawling away from her because yeah. she's a nutter butter. And she's like, oh, this is, you know, stop moving. Like, I'm, I can explain everything to you. And she's like, I, I I, didn't, like, I'm so sorry. I thought you were someone else. And, I, like, Justin came over and he grabbed me and he kissed me. And I was like, get away from me. And then I told him, he says, he said that my eyes, like, make his knees weak or something. And that's when she said, I'll get, let me hold on just a moment. I'll go get something that's going to make your knees weak. And at first she was just going to go get Alec so that he could do a big yell on him, which like Jamie, that's not what would have happened. Like it would not fuck out of Justin. Yeah. Alec would not use his words in this situation. He does go to beat the fuck out of Justin. Yeah. And so then Philip's like, oh, you didn't mean to hit me? And she's like, no, absolutely not. I meant to hit your brother. 
And he's like, what, what? You you meant to hit my brother? And so now Philip this is, is war. He, this is then, war. But then Justin rolls up and we hear about yeah. all the stuff like from the like witnesses and things like that. Because reminder, Jamie has been being followed. Alex set a tail on her because yeah. but he told them to be 10 paces away. So by the time they got to her, they couldn't do anything. And that's when she mm-hmm. took matters into her took matters and clubs into her own hands. <laughs> and and then Justin rolls up and Alec is pissed. And this is one of my favorite lines in the book, because it says, like, a few minutes later, Jamie found herself in a very weird position. She was, yeah, what? Do you have it? I have that highlighted, too. You have the same page. I fucking loved this. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. It was the best. So she's like, she found herself in a very weird position, and that was standing in front of Justin, begging for his life. <laughs> so perfect. And she's like, he's just a boy, Alec. It's he's, fine. And then just like, we Justin don't kill children. All, Justin gets all upset. He's like, not a boy. And she's like, and you're she's a like, boy. Shut, shut up. up. Right now. <laughs> We're not helping yourself. And then she's like, you can't kill him. You can't like, be promise me you won't. And, blah, blah. and Alec is like, fine, I won't. And she's like, oh, thank goodness. So she steps out of the way. And then he does come and grab that Justin boy and chunk him like a caber. That's right. Like one of those trees that they mm-hmm. were talking about at some point. Boy, he throws him around. And then she's like, oh, you told me that you wouldn't kill him. And he goes, I'm not going to kill him, but I am going to beat him to piss. And like he gets like a round of mm-hmms from around her, yeah, <laughs> like all, all around the crowd. Because <laughs> all the crowd's like. Be, they would have been fine with him murdering him. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yeah. And so then like Justin and Philip go gallivanting off and Colin's just standing there watching this whole thing. Colin, Harold's right hand man. And he's yeah. like, all right, Kincaid. What are your terms? What are your terms? And Alex's like, you have one week. And Colin's like, all right. And gallivants off. And Jamie's like, a week for what? And <laughs> Alec is like, to allay my, like, to take to care appease of this, me, to appease me, and she's like, or else what? And he's like, and she's, and she's like, war. Cri- I know she's like cringing. <laughs> she's like, don't say it, don't say it. And he's like, war. And she's like, it. God damn it. Yeah, she's like, she knew he was going to say that god awful word. <sighs> she's still stunned. <laughs> oh hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. So then she's like, oh, and she realizes that while she was yelling at Justin, she started yelling at him in Gaelic. Yeah. And so she's like, you ruined my surprise, too. And she's so mad. And then he's like, did you mean it, wife? Did you mean what you said? And she's like, yes, I meant it. But like, also, I I had a surprise for you. And she's like getting a little misty. And he's like, 
he's like, you know, it's, I don't know. They're, they're going to like go on with the rest of the day. And she goes, I'm going to go get Mary Kathleen. Cause she just like needs a baby snuggle right now. She's just like on the, she's at her wits end. She's oh. very tenuous. And, and like, and I want to go is... get Mary Kathleen. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's like, like, she's staying. She's not staying with us tonight. Yeah. She's staying with Angus and Elizabeth. And she's like, why? And also, why did I have a tail on me? And he's like, please just don't question me. Just go with it. And she's like, I, I guess. Well, I'm going to at least go inside for a few minutes alone because she just found out the king's not coming now. Yeah. I guess. So she's like, oh, he's my not God, coming. my plan. I'm like, all of my plan. Because she, like, the whole surprise was that she was going to, in Gaelic, pledge her fealty to King Edgar. And so now yep. she's just all a flutter and she's all upset because the king's not coming and she's wearing the plaid for nothing. The pri- surprise is ruined. He knows she speaks Gaelic and... Yada yada. So she's like, I'm going inside. And he's like, uh, and she's like, no, don't talk to me. Don't send like, anybody after me. I'll club them too. Yeah. And then she does. She goes gallivanting into that. I'm saying gallivanting a lot. It's just such a <laughs> So she goes gallivanting back into the Great Hall. And there's four soldiers in plaids that are not Kincaid. And she's ne- never and seen those plaids before. Some uh, some soldier next to the fireplace waves them off and they let her through. And then he's like, hello, you seem to like, hey, what's going come on talk, with you? What yeah, can I come talk? Can I help? And she's like, probably uh-huh. not. I've just I'm a disaster and I, I ruin uh-huh. everything. And like everything that's right in England is wrong here. And I, and I don't know what to do. And he's like, OK, OK, slow down, slow down, slow down. Tell me about like, it. Why don't you tell me? Because like I've got a little bit of sway, I I might be able to help. Uh huh. And she's, she's like, like, if you knew what shame I've caused the Kincaids, why you'd probably weep too. And he, and <laughs> I've started so many wars, I can barely keep count. And it's like, yeah, Jamie, you have started true. a lot of wars. Yeah. And so she just breaks down in front of this gray-haired soldier holding a goblet of wine and a big old hunk of cheese. And I'm like, that's my man. That's my man. Like, honestly, like, I would also be drawn to the silver haired fox with yeah. a goblet of wine and a hunk of cheese. It's a <laughs> hunk and cheese. Yeah. And so she like he's like, tell me about each war start at the beginning. And so she tells him in detail each and every war she starts. And like, I mean, one of them is like, I'm so sorry I saved your baby. Yeah. Like McPherson can go fuck himself. McPherson anyway. is a McFuckhead. So yeah, absolutely. Like, he there's that war and then like kidnapping the child and then there's like a war brewing with Daniel and she's like but oh, yeah. it's okay I'll just have the king tell Daniel what's what and that how he should be treating his wife <laughs> and, and, and this soldier's like oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he more. says what what do you think the king would do and she's like well she he would set him straight I think the king would be like you need to be nice to your wife and you you need to chill out get rid of bit. that mistress and that's the one. Uh huh. Yeah. And then she's like, she and he goes, and and why don't you tell me about that kerfuffle outside when I was riding in? She's like, oh sure. And then she goes at the end. She's like, yeah, you're. I'm sure your wife would do the exact same thing. I bet she would club a just brain a man if they came onto her. She says because a woman only wants to be pawed by her husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he says, well, I'm not married. She's like, but if you were. He goes, yes, I do believe my wife would act like that. And I do believe it would be very justified. Mm-hmm. And oh, and then she also tells him about Mary Kathleen. And and 
She's like, and I'm so worried that Throwing the plaid on the ground. And- yeah. She's like, I'm so worried that the king's going to take the side of the fan, the other, you know, the other side. And he's like, oh, no, there's absolutely no way. The king will definitely be behind you on that one. Mm-hmm. So all this happens. And she's like, and my surprise is ruined because uh-huh. I was going to do this thing on my knees in Gaelic for the king. And he goes, but why don't you do a little before practice that, round? Before oh, that, yeah. though, because I love this part. Because he's like, she's like, he's he, so... I love this scene so much. He's like, you have complete faith in King Edward then, huh? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, yes. And then he's like, you must have heard wonderful stories about Edgar. <laughs> and she's like, oh, heavens, no. I heard he was a monster. <laughs> it's so good. And he's like, what? And she's like, well, in England, in here, like in Scotland, I've heard you know, different stuff. He's like, yeah. oh, OK, OK, OK. Mm-hmm, cool cool mm-hmm. sauce. And then you're right, because he's like, well, if you want to, like, if you're so worried about it, why don't you show me how you would pledge fealty mm-hmm. to the king? And she's like, that sounds a little weird, but I guess the practice wouldn't do me any harm. And so she hits her knees and she starts doing that ish in Gaelic. And then she turns around and Alec has been standing at the door for at mm-hmm. least a little while. So she goes away from the soldier and he's like, what does she say? She says, like, um, oh, he says, oh, you, oh, he says something of, like something that she said. And then she goes, oh, you heard the whole thing. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah. And Alec has already decided that he is not going to tell Jamie that that is, in fact, King Edward. That yeah. she was snarfing all over. And so they and, do a little bit of I love yous. And then uh-huh. she's like, she's like. You mustn't um, tell the king that I know that that's yeah, the she king. Goes, she goes, the king is a really nice man. And he's like, you knew the whole time? And she, because several, she goes, do like, you think that I would have told a king to pay attention to my story? Oh, yeah, because her rambly back and forth story, he kept asking <laughs> clarifying questions. He's like, wait, 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 back up. And she's like, if you would just listen, sir, <laughs> sir, I need you to buckle down and listen to my story. If you're going to yeah. ask about what happened, you need to listen to what happened. And like, yeah. to be fair... I've read the book and I was still kind of all over the place reading her story. Like, yeah. So like, King Edgar was totally in the right, but he was, was on so point. Yeah. And then he was and, like, and she goes, no, I figured it out halfway into my play. And I was kneeling, <laughs> but you mustn't tell him. And he's like, no. why? And she's like, it had hurt his feelings. And he's yeah. like, why would it? What? What? And she's like, it's because he's protected. My feelings. We must disappoint him. (laughs) We can't disappoint the king. It's (laughs) so cute. So then, like, something that came from the very beginning of the book that we haven't talked about or thought about comes full circle. And they're like, oh, no, not yet. There's more things that have to happen. I'm so sorry. I almost skipped the entire afternoon. Oh my god, how dare you? We have one chapter left, which means like roughly 18 plot points. It's exactly true. And I almost (laughs) I was just skipping to the epilogue. I was gonna nobody would have known who the murderer was. Oh, I barely remembered there was a murder at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But yeah, so So he says walking around. Yeah, and she's gonna go talk to Edith, and then she finds out that Edith and Annie are being sent away. Yeah. And she's being like, sent to like the- live with other relations. How the fuck dare we are? We already discussed this. They are going to be staying and blah, blah, blah. We're going to so, be BFFs. She- uh-huh. And then. um, 
I lost my train of thought. Oh no. So then she's like, okay, fine. I'm going to, I'm going to go out. And she decides to like take a minute. And she, when she's outside, she runs into Gavin and Gavin's like, what you doing? And why are you all by yourself? And she's like, I mean, if you want to come with me, I'm just going to go lay some flowers on Helena's grave. And so he's like, okay, that's, that's a little weird. And so she's picking flowers on the way and she's asking him again about Helena. And he's like, I don't know. Like, you know, she was obviously just in a lot of pain. She's like, yeah, but did you see the pain? Did you, you know, did you see any signs of anything? And he's like, well, no, but I also didn't know her very well. And you know, it wasn't really my place to question anything. And then she says, um, she's like, well, I just, I feel like I need to understand this. And I feel, I know this is going to sound weird, but I feel like Helena needs me to understand it. Well, and she wants and, to understand it because when Mary Kathleen grows up and starts asking questions, she wants yeah. to be able to answer her yep. and not yep. with just like some bullshit, but with something thoughtful about her yeah. mother. Yeah. Well, and and not something that doesn't make sense to her either. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to just go in with the party line because so he they goes go, to her, they go to the grave and he's like, there are flowers all over this this ish. And she's like, yeah, those are the old flowers I put on. Jeez, Gavin. God, she's like cleaning off all the flowers so that she can put more on. Then it's obvious she's been doing this the whole time. Every time we've seen her picking flowers. Well, it's sure obvious now that you've told me. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you made it clear to me that that's why she's. Yeah, it's super obvious. Where's that bathroom? Like. (laughs) Oh, my God. So then she's like, no, you know what? Let's go over to that cliff. That I want to see where Helena did die. I want to look at it. So then he's telling her the story about mm-hmm. exactly what happened, how she fell over the edge. And then when they gra- got her, there was nothing that could have been done because her back was broken and she died two days later. She just went to sleep and she never woke up. And they're all chatting there. They're all chatting. And he's telling her that story. And then. <laughs> and then people just start getting bashed in the brain. With rocks. He gets hit With in the rocks. head. She gets hit in the face. She, so, and this she is grabs over this ledge, And she remembers just barely that one of the sides is a good place to fall and one of the sides is not. So she grabs Gavin and just flop, flops over the side of this thing to get away from whoever is doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And she hits this thing and she's holding him and like hiding him under the ledge. Yeah, she like pulls him under the ledge so that she can, you know keep him there and then she hears that that cackle again and she's like gavin we're gonna be okay we're gonna be okay we're gonna figure this out like i'm gonna get you help gavin is knocked the fuck out yeah and and then marcus then, like, marcus yeah. shows up and so he pops his head over and he's like oh my god what happened and she's like you need to go get people we got knocked over the thing like, but don't leave but don't <laughs> yeah and so marcus is like oh and like yeah. goes like shouting to the rafters and People, so everybody comes and out. She, she passes, passes she has a, out. Mm-hmm. And so she comes back too with Alex standing over her, looking at her, and he looks tormented and distraught. He's like, he's holding her. He's like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to get you out of here. And she's mm-hmm. like, you have to take Gavin out first because he's more hurt and things like that. Yeah. And then. And then she's like, I lost my dagger. And Alex, yeah. Like, 
Well, because, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. As they were going over the side, that dagger got thrown and it is in her arm right now. She doesn't realize it's in her arm, though. She thinks it just yeah. got chunked over the side of the ledge and she's like, Eek. I lost my dagger. And Alex, Alec is looking at her yeah. dagger in her arm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh huh. And then he rips off a piece of cloth and then he just pulls it out and ties mm-hmm. it up real quick. And she's like, no. And he's like, you would have worried about it the whole time had I not just pulled it out. She's like, you're right. Mm-hmm. So then they get back and she's like, she's like, Alec, didn't you say there was a witness to Helena's Helena's suicide? And Alec goes, yep, it was Annie. And then end chapter, end scene. And then this is the moment where I went, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) and I went, "Mm -hmm." this is the moment where I went, oh, it was Annie. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Oh, my God. So basically, she's like, also, now I realize that the the fire situation was an attempted murder. And they're like. Who told you that? And she's like, I nobody I told me that. I just the laugh. Yeah. The laugh that I thought was like the wind making weird noises. It was definitely the same laugh. And I was definitely being attempted murdered again. So I figured they were probably related, you know. <laughs> anyway, that's what happened. Annie was pissed off because she was betrothed to him and Helena took her place. And so mm-hmm. she killed Helena to try and like, you know become the Laird's wife at some point, maybe, um, and or maybe just, not. And, and then she was, and then she, when Jamie showed up, she was like, okay, well, I guess I got to kill another. Like I'm going to eventually like, so what she said is I'll be your wife. I will, no matter how long it takes me. Um, Helena took you away from me. I challenged you then Alec, and I'll challenge you again. And yeah. like Annie is just dead set. She's like, this is my right to be yeah. your wife. And, like, it's not, Annie, I, I hate to tell you this, but, like, it's probably the new Sweetie heart. Sweetie heart, babe. Know? Yeah. This is not I don't a- really know a ton about it, but. So, anyway, that that is now solved. They get better. Does anything else happen that's important? So, this is the point, I would hey. like to say. This is the point oh. reading this book, where we are 332 pages in out of 344 pages. The murder the is solved. The shenanigans saw all of these things and i was like this is the end (laughs) Mm -mm. how is there going to be more in 12 Mm -hmm. pages and i was wrong Mm -hmm. there's an entire invasion (laughs) in 12 pages so so So, like, we also learn, like, like, Jamie learns that, like, Edith and Annie are not actually going anywhere. Edith is staying. She's super happy about that. And yay, yay, yay. That's awesome. Um, But then it's just, like, fuck town for a week. Literally, there's just a page where it's, like, all they did was spend time in bed. Because she's healed from the dagger wound and all of these Mm -hmm. things. And then somebody calls in a a, a debt. So, early on in the book, she was, like, betrothed to this other baron or whatever and there was that whole tiny plot point in which her dad did take coins from the baron that was not to sell her to him but was absolutely alone he keeps telling her and so yeah and so andrew is coming to get her and it's war it's the fifth war now i believe 
And she, so she's like, oh no, what do I do? What do I do? And she decides, so she, so she talks to Mary. Mary's like, he's been marching through Scotland to get to the Highlands for like days and days and days. So he's a common and, and he's got his whole, you know, platoon or whatever the fuck with him. And so she's like, you know what? I can fix this. I can just go talk to him. I can fix this. So she gets on her horse and she's like, okay, he said up was house, down is England. England. I bet he's coming from the England side. So good. she goes, good job. Great job, Jamie. Great job. Good start. So she fucks off. And then Alec finds out that she fucks off and he's like, oh, fuck sticks. So then he gets all his dudes and he's like, we're going to take care of this. But first we have to go get that bitch. So they like follow her tracks or whatever. And she's going well for a while, but then she does like hang a hang a Rocco, you know, or something at the wrong turn. And they're like, where is she going? Does she know like a secret place that Andrew's going to be? And he's like, no, she's lost. <laughs> so they do find her. And then all of them, um, him, her, Gavin, Marcus, all their boys, they go a riding to to like meet up with Andrew. And so Andrew's on the field and they're on the field. And then out of the fucking mist, a, a bunch of Highlanders just come out of all like, the in trees and plaids. the woods. Everybody's in different plaids. It's all the lairds of all the Highlands. Uh-huh. And so he's she he's uh, Andrew's like, yeah, I I paid for that bitch. <laughs> Get give her to me. And or Alec like, give like, me mm, repayment. No. <laughs> and Alec is about to give him his whole ass sword, which has uh, like a metric fuck ton of jewels in it. It's the original like, sword. It's that one. It's yeah. that big bad sword where, yeah. th- which is the one from when Jamie was like, "You have a sword." Yeah. Absolutely, and he's give it away. Uh huh. Because she's like, "You don't have coin. You don't use coins in Scotland." Yeah, I know that now. I did find that out recently. And she does like, still pay for the indulgences, though. It is, it is noted that she is yeah. still giving Father Murdoch her magically reappearing <laughs> shillings <laughs> for all of Alex and indul- not her own mm. indulgences. Mm-mm. Alex, no, fuck her soul. Yeah, it's all for Alec. So he's like, okay, fine. I won't give away my whole sword, but I will like, you know, pop one of these rubies out or whatever. And then he and does and he do a it. chunk. Yeah, he throws it at Andrew's feet. And, and he's hits like, him. Doesn't he hit oh, him with right. it? Yeah, I think he hits him in the face. Because that's what starts this whole thing off. So he hits Andrew in the side of the head with this fucking gigantic stone. Uh-huh. And he says, Fancy repayment stone. for Lady Kincaid or something like that. Uh-huh. And then... All of a sudden, another Highlander chucks something, and he's repayment. like, "Repayment for Lady Kincaid." And now it's just stones coming out of like everywhere. And and now they're like old style stoning him almost yeah. with all of yeah. these rubies and, she's and emeralds. Like, what the fuck is happening? And it turns out Laird McPherson is here to repay because she saved his son's life. Uh-huh. Daniel's repaying because she placed herself in front of his wife to protect her, and uh-huh. uh, Harold. It, because uh, she took his son's insult and then saved her son or saved uh-huh. his son from being yeah. attackalated by mm-hmm. Alec. And yeah. then um, Lindsay, if you remember the small <gasps> boy with the boar, with the Lindsay's boar. dad is there because of the boar. And of course, she nobody knew about the boar. And so it, she's like, wait, you know about the boar? And he's like, <laughs> we know about the boar. Yeah, I found out about the boar. <clears throat> <laughs> and then... Um, and then there's uh, somebody who, Laird Duncan, because yeah. his wife, he's like, 
prepaying for future mm-hmm. aid because his wife is <laughs> pregnant. She's going to have a baby want, at some point. Yeah, and so he, she, he wants her to be there for uh-huh. the birthing. So they're like prepaying. This is like... Uh-huh. <laughs> And it's just so cute. And they're all like doing this. And she's like, do I thank them? And he's just like, no, they're thanking you. Each of these, would oh. give, like each of these would give his life for you. Yeah. And you've done the, you've done the impossible love. You've actually united the clans. <gasps> I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> Julie Garwood, I'm dying. And then it's so cute because she's like, you have made Andrew a really rich man because Andrew's just like on his knees picking up all these stones like a greedy golem and he goes oh no lass I've got the treasure right here anyway oh god it was it's so fantastic. good and then like so this is like the end of that and all of like that's the end of that, and then there's so one of like the very very last line of the book really mm. hit me because it says mm. there was joy in the learning. Oh, here, uh, she still didn't understand most of the odd habits of the Highlanders. Guess it, guessed it would take her a good twenty or thirty years before she truly did comprehend them. There was joy in the learning, though such incredible joy in love. Perhaps she thought with a secret smile. When she and Alec had grown old together, <laughs> perhaps then she might just settle in. <laughs> and I had a lot of feelings. Because, like, that's been the whole thing over the book. It's fine. She'll settle in. She'll settle it's in. Fine. She'll settle in. Mm-hmm. And she's like, maybe someday. After we've grown but it's old gonna, together. It's going to take me a really long time because I, I really love learning about them. It's so good. I loved this book. I love this book. And I know it's problematic. Oh, absolutely. So what are those things where like you can enjoy a problematic media as long as you recognize. Address it. And acknowledge that Uh it is in fact problematic, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make the whole thing trash. Right. This is a pretty much, I feel like most old historicals are like that all the ones that i've read like i mean this one's mild like oh fires of winter i'm so sorry is actual trash that should go in a in a garbage fire yes i'm so sorry there's a line there is a line where it is acceptable and there's a line where it is not this one gentle rogue is amazing fires of Mm -hmm. winter should never be read again that's my fair enough i've not read fires of winter don't i won't it's it's a big trigger town Hmm, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Not great. Like this one, it was just, it was really, I like I said, I went into this with a open heart and a wary mind. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that I didn't. Because if I was going in fully already deciding that this book was trash yeah. because it's written in 1989 or yeah. published in 1989 and fully deciding that it's going to be nothing but problem. Like, because if I really sat down and nitpicked, we could have easily made this set of episodes all about how problematic things were. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm jaded or whatever from books like Fires of Winter. But 
I it just it, but like, it was problematic. But we would have had to I spin. We would have had to spin it for it to be nothing but a problematic book because there are sure. so many good things about this book. Like yeah. we could have done that episode. Yeah, but it wouldn't have brought probably. either of us joy. Nobody yeah. would have wanted to listen to it. It wouldn't and have it's been honest. Not true, because the yeah. book was good. It was a good book. Book was good. It was delightful. Yeah. And like, I, I'm not in a historical mood right now, but I will be going back probably because now I trust Julie Garwood. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So like, that's one of the things where if, if like, and if I, a, a writer, especially one that writes um, in times where it was very, very common for books to be super problematic in whatever mm. way, because, you know, every gener like every, not generation, but like every time period of romance has its own set of like oh well it's gonna be problematic in this way or it's gonna sure. be problematic in the, you know yeah, what I mean? it like, reflects culture yeah uh-huh and if i am willing to read more books from those time periods if i find an author that i trust so like beverly jenkins uh-huh. i'll read her old stuff i trust yeah, beverly yep, yep. jenkins and now after this book like if the next book I read by her is an absolute dumpster fire, then I'll have to rethink that. But just based on this book, I trust her to do right by me. Totally. And so totally. I will be checking her out again. I love it. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Big this enjoy. was so much fun. Thank you for talking so about this for six hours with me. Thank you for cha- chatting with me about it. First. I uh-huh. it, like I did not expect it to be a three-episode me neither. You are literally the person, aside from my coworkers, who I am paid to go talk to five days a week. You're the person I have talked to the most of this week, <laughs> whether it be over phone or over a text message. <laughs> uh huh. So how uh-huh. does it feel to be my number one best friend for this week? <laughs> Honestly, it feels incredible. <laughs> Would recommend. Ten out of ten. We'll be back. Right back yeah. at you, babe. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> man by the way i have one more yeah. comment tell me everything. there was so much i'm just angry all over again when i reread today there's so much sequel bait in this book for a book on daniel and mary fixing their mm-hmm. marriage and i'm just endlessly i don't know that it exists upset that I don't think it exists. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am, and I'm fucking I w- pissed. I about went it. creeping through some of her back catalog, and I did not find it. And big so, mad, so much sequel bait because there was a tiny scene at the end where yeah. she's like, "You should keep, she, you should let him keep the mistress, and then yeah, tell let, him to let keep him, the mistress, let him know what he's missing." And I'm like, well, "No," she says, "No, no, it's even better than that." She says, "You know what you do? You tell him." You go ahead and keep your mistress. It's clear that you need more practice. And so as soon as you feel like you have practiced to the point that you are worthy of sex and this up, then you can come back and we can chat about it again. And apparently mistress, Mary was gone for two days after that. She did not see her sister for two days. Uh And then- uh, Mary came back with all the tales about how incredible Daniel was. Uh huh. And it mm-hmm. seems like Mistress is gone. So, yeah. wow, <sighs> would have loved that book, Julie. Yeah, could have redeemed Mary, dear Julie. Hello, Julie Garwood. I know that it's thirty-four years later. Hello, Julie. We still believe in you. We want that book. I know you write suspense thriller romance now. But, Mm. like, I don't actually know that. Somebody told me that I'm taking their word for it. (laughs) 
but just one last trip would be would really nice. Just go, come to the Highlands again, you know? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for listening to us, you know, hearing us out. And yeah. we will be happy with whatever decision you make. Thank you so we much, will, Julie Garbo. We will. Whenever that book comes out, whenever that book comes out, we will come back we're, and we're do an here. episode on that book. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I am simply guest, but I have decided. No, you can. <laughs> no, you're you're hereby in charge of the programming here at Heaving Bosoms, Sabrina. This is a great idea. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah. All right. I adore you. What's what's my lady love? I had one earlier that was really good and it was about something that was like broken, but I can't remember what it was. And I'm going to be really fucking pissed at myself as soon as I remember it. It's why I need to write them down. Anyway, the lady love that I I'm very late to the party. We were just talking to my friend Hector about how I'm like the oldest millennial ever, not only because I'm an old millennial, but because I grew up so rural that like I didn't have access to even millennial technology until way later in my life than most other people my age. So I'm late to the party, but I did. I also just moved. Right. So I moved to a different library area and the library where I live now is like light years more advanced and interactive and like awesome than you know my my poor library in in my old town and so as a result I have discovered audiobooks on Hoopla I heard everybody talking about it okay I heard you and I was like that must be nice I wonder what that's like I'll never know but Boy, I have started checking some shit out from my library and like my plan, my whole plan go driving from here to DC for a polycon is audiobooks on my car stereo. I'm so excited about it. So yeah, if you're an old millennial, if you're basically a Gen Xer, whether or not you just turned 36, um, check out those audiobooks on Hoopla and, and maybe even a, um, an overstock. No. Uh, overdrive. Overdrive. An overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also got an over. Oh, no. And Libby. So I'm just, just going to sit overdrive. here in envy because my library does not have Hoopla. I live in so, rural uh, Arkansas. I do have Libby. I listen to a lot of audiobooks on Libby. And I'm also on Scribed. Like, I'm subscribed yeah. to Scribed. But, yeah. like, everyone's like, oh, just get Hoopla. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have it. Thanks so for the So the advice. one thing I did hear, I don't know if this is, like, you know, super helpful. Because I did hear that you can, like, pay for an uh, a non-residential card for something like the Brooklyn Library. And then get looked into that. There. They stopped doing it for, through. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the Brooklyn Library. They stopped like end of last year or something like that. We've but got library I, friends. I hey, library constantly friends. Constantly on the lookout because I want access to Hoopla so bad. Hey, librarians. Yes. There are a metric fuck ton of you in the listenership, and we cherish you. If you know a way that Sabrina and other rural <laughs> HBs yeah. can get Hoopla through a different library, please. I'll pay for it. 
heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com and I will blast it to the world so that we can get more HBs on Hoopla. Anyway. That's a great lady love though, because like I know Hoopla has like a crazy good back, like not back catalog, but like a crazy good catalog for- It's bananas. Yeah. It's bananas. I've never listened to a Ruby Dixon audiobook before because I find them so- good. So quick. Yeah. But I find like her so, so engrossing that like- I don't need an audiobook. I'm always just like, no, I'll let my children starve. I will let the house fall down. I'm just eyeball reading this until I'm done. And there's not a lot of authors that do that for me. But now I can do a Ruby Dixon Dragon Town or a Ruby Dixon other stuff. Oh, can I tell you? This yeah. is just a little record based on audiobooks. If you have not, I know that you read Soul Eater for <gasps> bonkers yeah. the audiobook came out in february <gasps> and they've been coming out every month Are they since so good? then so fucking i got audible yeah for soul leader and <gasps> i have zero regrets whoa so good like, That's huge. Because there are books where, like, an author, not an author, well, there are books where an author makes or breaks it, but I'm not reading those <laughs> breaks it books. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are books where, like, a narrator mm-hmm. makes it or breaks it. And Michael mm-hmm. Lindsay is the narrator, and he does such a good fucking job. I, it's just reawakened, like, all of my delight for. I. I love those Monstrous books. I series. went I went on a rabbit hole like actually just last month. I talked about it on a Bonkers episode, the most recent Bonkers episode because I went deep into a Lily Bane and I'm very excited that there have are you, audiobooks now. Have you read Lore? No, I haven't read Lore yet. Oh. It, it it fairly recently came yeah, out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, when you read Lore, I need yeah. you just live message me as you <gasps> yes. have feelings like yes actually any and then maybe honestly we should any just... book you can live send me Incredible. anything about any books but what especially lore because it was my first five star of this year <gasps> it was if you like world building oh yeah because they it goes into that into that monster realm uh-huh you know what it we explains do? so much if you want to we should recap it for patreon I'd be so down for that. I'll have okay. to reread it. Oh, no. Oh, oh shoot. no. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a rereader, but I would absolutely reread lore if you wanted to do a Patreon. Mm. I would totally That would be so that. fun. Yeah, because I need to read it anyway. So if I mm. give myself, that's one of the things, right? Like one of the beautiful, one of the bad things about the podcast is that sometimes it does feel like required reading. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the much the much heavier side of the scale is that the podcast is a really good excuse to like hard schedule time with book people that I love to read and also talk about it. You know what I mean? Because I find I get so much more out of the books that I can discuss like, you know, face to face with someone than I do. I legit, I'm just like inhaling like. If we're doing that, I just might 
do a reread of this series. Do you just want to do like I a don't gigantic? <laughs> we'll just read all of them and we'll discuss the world and everything about it. Like Sabrina, I, I, I'm not opposed to that. I fucking love that series, ma'am. If you want to do a whole Patreon series on the monstrous Schmurgle, I will do it, especially happily, easily. Whenever. Especially because all of the short stories are coming out yeah. as a novel this year. Every short story. Oh, so we could shit. literally read the book and then read like no, like <gasps> everything in order of when it happens. Mm -hmm. in the. <sighs> oh, my God. I would lose my mind. So, yes, we will discuss. That. Yep. Okay. Right. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. All right. Do my you have any love? love? <laughs> I think it's the Monstrous series, maybe. Or... <laughs> that, yeah. No, you've that been... I'm sorry, everyone. Um, Sabrina just told me before we started recording that she has read six books since the last time I spoke to her on Friday. It is Sunday. The fuck? I read three and a half of them yesterday, and then I read... How or actually, it may have only been five books. I don't know. It oh, was five or six. Only five books. All I know is I'm more than halfway. I, I, I had read the first book in the Zion Warrior series as of Friday That's afternoon. Right. And I am now on the sixth. I'm like halfway through the sixth <laughs> book as of starting this podcast episode today. So it's like five-ish, five and a half. I love it. It So my lady love mm -hmm. is inspired by the Zion Warriors series by Regine Abel, who is one of my one-click authors. If you have not read the I Married a Blank series, you are missing out. Oh, yeah. It is so light and fluffy, but... My lady love is something that Regine Abel and Susan Trombley, also okay. both of them. Those are my two number one for this specific lady love. If you like a enormous overarching plot that is built on in every book and like worked like just a, a space opera. If you like yeah. a space opera that is not on a single world and in fact is an entire, like it involves an entire galaxy <gasps> and like there's like galactic politics and also fucking incredible love stories and just, ah. if you like a space opera where I they don't die in the opera. end. Holy shit. I just, that's my lady love is space operas. And I like, it's so hard to find exactly what I'm talking about when I'm looking for mm -hmm. things. Cause what I want is I want a, I want a giant overarching plot. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of books where like, I enjoy the series a lot. Alien series mm -hmm. is where I, I really enjoy the series, but it's very much like snippets of the world. Mm -hmm. It's like they, like they affect the next book a little bit, but it's not like, mm -hmm a huge thing not make and there is yeah yeah exactly or like a, so like a good example of that would be like there's a series uh, a good example is um the kraken series by tiffany roberts right mm -hmm. so like love that series it's got like the just the right amount of like alienness that i'm looking for but it's and it's all on one planet which is fine but each book is kind of like it affects like it like the previous books are referenced in the next books, like things that okay. have happened. But it's not like this ongoing outside plot that right. is overarching everything. And the Zion Warrior series is just reminding me how much I fucking love that. And there's not enough of that out there. Oh, and my I gosh. Just, oh, it's well, so and, good. Uh, and what's it's the one that Susan <gasps> Trombley does. Like she that. does the uh like her whole universe basically like all of her books 
reference. Like there are little Ooh. Easter eggs in them. So like she has an apocalyptic series set in a different universe, but in that universe, there are things that are referenced that touch on her other, the Eriduan universe. And wow. so it's like the first book, I think it's called the Scorpion. Yeah, it's the Scorpion's Mate. You've probably seen it because when, like when people are recommending things, because when people ask for like, I want an alien that actually looks like an alien, isn't just a, uh-huh. like a green or humanoid. a blue or gold yeah. humanoid or something. And boy, Hattie, that's an alien. There's also yeah. cum, there's cum as food in that book. So if that's your thing, it's not oh, super easy to hey. find. Like you can live that's on a cum. Tough, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, but that whole series meal. like so fucking good. And it's it's uh, darker, which like I tend to like right. my space operas. I mean, usually the space operas are a little bit darker, you know, because they're yeah. dealing with like intergalactic slavery and like mm-hmm. war and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just so it is so good. Susan Trombley is a recent author to me, and she is my... I started reading her books in the end of December of this past year, and wow. I finished her entire back catalog in 23 days. It's like 28 books. I could not stop. I oh literally... I started reading The Scorpion's Mate, and I just didn't stop and you housed them i did they were so good <laughs> she is immediately like one click author but anyway so that That's is my awesome. lady love is gigantic overarching space opera plots and if anybody is interested in that susan trombley has that shit on point and so does regine abel and just mm. And again, it's also a really good example. It's not so much like space opera experiences, but like Ella Maven, her alien series also like goes off world and stuff like that, which I really like. Cause like, I like it when they spend time on like different planets and things like that. So like Ella Maven, Presley Hall, I'm just going to sit here and like throw authors at y'all. I love it. Aliens are my thing. So like, yeah, if you're ever looking for an alien book, hit me up. Sabrina is your source. I love an alien. She will get you what you Sci-fi need. Sci-fi is my f- absolute favorite. I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. Let me see. Do you want to tell them where they can find you? We haven't done that yet. Okay. Um. So, yeah, you can find me. I'm on Instagram kind of sporadically. Uh, that's probably the best place to find me if you're mm-hmm. looking for, like, bookie stuff. Well, that's not true. You can find me in the cult. I'm one of your mods. Yeah. Hi, friends. Yeah. Sabrina yeah. B here. So you can find me in the cult. And then, yeah. is it okay if I... Yes! Okay. That's why I did this. I, me and three of my good friends, best mm-hmm. friends, are starting a podcast. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a romance podcast and it is reading challenge slash like prompts based. And basically yeah. what we do is come together and talk prompts and books that re- like so fit those prompts uh-huh books that fit those prompts a lot of recommendations and it's yeah. not out yet but it is called the busy romnivores and we're super excited so feel free to come check it out we do have a site oh, yeah. and so our website is the busy right now it just says coming soon because all of that is we're still working on that but yeah. we have started t- talking a bit on our Instagram. So feel free to come say hi if you want to hear me talk and squee about books some more. Yeah. And I can I can link all of that in the show notes if you send it to me. Yeah, I'll I will. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, Hell yeah. I have a 
podcast. You said it out loud in public. <gasps> this is going you out to it. the world. That's it's freaking real. me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did a terrible job describing what the podcast is going to be, but that's fine. You didn't. No, you're the queen of challenges. And that's why like this format especially is perfect. Perfect for you and the rest of your pals. It sounds amazing. I'm so excited I'm so to listen. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you're gonna make everybody's TBRs just like fall over, explode to the ground. Oh, but that that reminds me though, TBRs exploding. HBs, if any of you have a space opera recommendation, I was just about yeah. Please email heaving bosoms at heaving bosoms podcast at gmail dot com. Send us space operas, and I will make sure that Sabrina gets it. Yes, please. Yeah, I was like, I don't actually know what the e- I saved y'all's email to my email, like, years yeah. ago. <laughs> so I don't yeah. actually know. Please, love a space opera. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Keep being a badass and love yourself. As much as you as love... You. Uh, oh, that was fucked up. Never mind, I'm not saying that one. <laughs> what did we say that was funny? <laughs> Um, oh my god, yourself. wait, no, no, no. Love yourself as much as you love losing your way in a bathroom <laughs> and, <laughs> not, and not handling any kind of height. Uh, <laughs> why, are really, both, why is last episode's Lady Love and this one so me specific? <laughs> I mean, because you're a goddess. I don't know. <laughs> what do you you're want? You're a goddess. Love yourself as much as you love taking yourself to a trampoline park because you had to adult at your kid's birthday party. Yes! Do it. All right, bye. Bye! listener you are you loving the show if so please leave a rating and review in your podcast app the 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show but it makes me super smile over at hbhq also i've had a few people ask and the answer is yes we are still doing the five star bribe if you leave us a review with five stars then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.